Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm going to be frank with you, Jordan. Mm-hmm. For several months, mm-hmm. we had a running bit on the program where because this show isn't about anything or for anyone, we would claim that it was about something or for someone. Oh, what a bit it was. It was What a bit. I re- I'm remembering it fondly mm-hmm. just now. Not only because it was such a successful bit, mm-hmm. but it having done it for several months has led to me not remembering how we started the show before. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think it went a little something like this. Snap, snap, snap. When you're a jet, you're a jet. Yes, right. We would sing the entirety of uh, the West Side Story. Uh, it's amazing we haven't gotten sued yet. Yeah, it is. But, you know, I, I think it's um, it's because ultimately it's fair use because we're commenting on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're providing humorous commentary yeah. on the shark jet feud. Yeah. Or at least ripped this country apart. Or at least commentary. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we just, I think we just started chatting. Really? Yeah. What do we do on this show, actually? Chat. Wow. Yeah. When you say it that way, it does not seem like something that people would would enjoy listening to. Yeah. Because I mean, you could just sit on the bus. <laughs> sure, sure. Lots of chatting going on there. Yeah. Where are you getting off? Yeah. How do you like the new tokens? Exactly. <laughs> A lot of token talk. A lot of token talk. You Tap know, cards. You know, are they here to stay? You know what I love to do? Hmm. Token and token talk. Yeah. Oh, so you like to you like to take a take a hearty bong rip. Yeah. And then talk talk tokes while you toke. Yeah, I'll pull a fatty bong rip. Sure. And then I talk tokens. Nice. The new one's bigger. It's octagonal. <laughs> it's got a hole in the middle like Chinese coins. Sure. And then you try and remember something you saw in Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Should we introduce our guest on this uh, week's I program? Would love to. Oh well. Jordan, today is a very auspicious day on Jordan Jesse Go. Is it the baby from Family Guy? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Stewie Griffin. Oh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna kill my mom with a gun. What? Ooh. Whoa, it's oh. too outrageous for me. I can't I but, can't handle it. But wait a minute, I all pooped in my diaper like a baby does. That's both <laughs> things. <laughs> You were saying something a baby wouldn't do earlier. Why isn't your head a normal shape? That's just mean. That's just my fucking head, man. <laughs> sure. It's like ancient Mayan royalty would would put press, presses on babies' skulls yeah. to shape them into a pointy conical shape, which was considered attractive. And then they'd get and then they'd get super bong high and just laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> Our guest from uh, the Smash Hit podcasts, wonderful My Brother, My Brother and Me, and the Adventure Zone, is one Griffin McElroy, who, on this Jordan Jesse Go program, is joining us all the way from his home in Austin, Texas, at the Texas State House. Oh, lovely. It's true. It's it's me. It's uh, it's my old pal, Dick, which is what I call Rick Perry. And... <laughs> you don't call him DP. Uh, DP, DP, we're hanging out here and just having a really great time talking about some of the great legislation they got coming up. And boy, howdy, it's just a lot, hey, just Griffin. a lot of stuff. Hey, Griffin, put Dick on. Put Dick on. Is Dick there? Okay, okay here. Uh, yeah, okay, here. Hand, Hold on, hand, here him the, hand him the phone. Now, I got my glasses on for my <laughs> uh, smart 
persona that I'm going to do. And so that's some of the political commentary we do on My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Wow. Um, all wow. The time. That was really... I felt like it was incisive, yeah, raw, mm. and no holds mm. barred. And that's legally why you guys can sing the entirety of Phantom of the Opera, right? <laughs> yeah. It, we actually got clearance on, like, you clowns and your West Side Story IP theft, and you have been reported. Oh, no! wow. Well, oh, wow. We had I a good run. Yeah, I've been wearing a wire for eight years. It's been the longest sort of <laughs> undercover oh, operation. Check out Donnie Brasco over there with the long game. <laughs> Well, hey, you know what? I'm I'm uh, I don't I'm not glad that I'm going to jail. Yeah, but um, you know, you put in the work and you deserve it. Thank you for uh, thank you for all you do. I always knew that if I went down, I would go down like Avon Barksdale. Can I um can I pull my shirt down now? I've pulled it up to show you the wire, and now it's getting <laughs> kind of uncomfortable. I'm oh. sort of a, I'm just a boy standing here with his uh, torso exposed to can the I, world. I'm just gonna get a quick look at those nips, and you can put it down. <laughs> Are you sure? Take your time. Okay. <laughs> one, one thousand. And here they go. Oh, back, those were back nice. In their, back in their shirt house. Those were nice. <laughs> hey, Griffin, I've always known you were Night, a night great... nips. <laughs> I always knew you were a great podcaster, but I'm grateful to know about those nice nips. Yep. They help me. They give me strength for the podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> they, let me know, they let me know when I'm being funny. They let me know when a bit's going <laughs> you well. You get a little tingle. I get a tingle. I get a tingle in one of them. I'm like, uh-oh, say yes. We're getting close to a great bit. <laughs> and so to, just to be clear, they have not tingled once so far. Oh, no, not even a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I can know what you're, what you're talking about. Uh, when, I, when one of our bits is going well, um, I feel a little strain in my taint. Oh, that's nice. It's uncomfortable, but uh, gets the message across. Uh, anytime anything is going well for us... My underarm hairs get uncomfortably hot. The hair gets hot. The, the hair gets hot. You yeah, said. the actual hair gets hot. I have to lift my elbow. It's a hot hair. Yeah, I got to lift hair. my elbow to put some air in there. Mm. So, my hope and expectation mm-hmm. is that there are close to zero adolescent people listening to this program. Yeah, um, God, it God willing, it doesn't seem appropriate. Mm-hmm. But then again, I know for a fact that there are people listening to this program, and frankly, it isn't appropriate for anyone. There's no reason to listen to it. Sure. So there may be some adolescent people here, and I've already turned my chair backwards. So I think I'm going to need to offer a little bit of straight yeah. talk for I mean, teams. you might as well. You turned around the chair. Yeah. I had the experience, and I don't know if any of you have had the experience, either listening at home or here on this program. When I became an adolescent, my nipples became uncomfortably sensitive. Mm-hmm. And mm. also developed weird lumps underneath them. Mm. Yeah. This was not something that was covered in any of the many sex ed you're becoming an adult classes that I took in school. Mm-hmm. Nor was it covered in any of the many controversially explicit young adult novels by Judy Bloom, etc. that I read during, my, during and before my adolescence. Mm-hmm. It was not covered in Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. Mm-hmm. And I have these weird, I have these wild bumps. It's God, while, God, while I got gotcha, you, um, I got these bumps. <laughs> hey, Big G. And I mean, I guess it's possible that teens today can just type nipple bumps into Snapchat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll find out that that doesn't mean they're dying of nipple cancer. But it was a secret shame that I held from the ages of, I'm going to say, 12 to 15, mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know, maybe 11 to 14. 
that really distressed me. I was certain that there was something horribly. He wrong thought with there me. were too sensitive. They were too sensitive, but the, the weird little lumps underneath that was, was mainly it. the deepest concern. I knew that parts of your body became too sensitive, such as the penis. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> however, for instance, however, I did not know this nerpal information. Yeah, and I didn't know that I didn't have cancer that spontaneously went into remission until I was in my mid-twenties and somebody said to me, you know what they never told me about adolescence? Sometimes you get weird lumps under your nipples and you don't have nipple cancer. You know, there is a... It's funny you mentioned Judy Bloom. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big Bloom scholar. Sure. And there is an unreleased sequel to Super Fudge. Hmm. Well, I guess unreleased is not the right word. It came out in Canada where right. they're a little less puritanical. Right. So Americans would know Super Fudge. They would know Fudgemania. Sure. They would know... One in the middle is the green kangaroo, which is part of the larger Fudgiverse. Right. Um, Otherwise known as Sheila the Great. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, where an adult Super Fudge learns that um, men might, be, um, might feel a little bashful mm-hmm. about uh, how sensitive their nipples are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they shouldn't be. It can be an important part of an erotic experience. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point, I, Yeah, I guess I see why it didn't come out in America. Right. But they ate it up in Canada. Yeah. I am taking so much away from this conversation because I'm 30, and my whole life, I mean, I learned when I was five in Southern Baptist Sunday school that the lumps were the, the sin trying mm. to get out of my body. Oh, yeah. got it. Yeah. Having a hard time lactating the sin directly out through normal <laughs> right. means, and it kind of gets clo- it clogs up the ducts. Right. Um, you were trying to do a sort of... You were trying to do a manual expression. Trying to, but the problem is it felt so dang good. It felt great. Trying to milk out that sin. Yeah. And that just made more sin. The more I tried to manually express the sin from my bosom mm-hmm. and right. failed, but it felt so good and i enjoyed how good it felt right more sin more sin more sin more sin you know i had a uh you know i, I had a not unlike yours maybe a, a, a similar but uh but you know a little more regional uh religious upbringing it's a little more um a little more evangelical and they told me that uh when my nipples tingled it was satan trying to convince me to watch beavis and butthead <laughs> mm-hmm. um and it worked yeah. I feel that tingle, and I just want to watch Beavis. That Mike, Ju- that Mike Judge knows how to get a nipple hard. Oh, boy. I'll tell you one thing. He sure does. With his flat affect. Mm-hmm. God, nothing gets me harder than a flat affect. <laughs> He's the king of my hills, if you, if you know what I'm saying. Sure. He's the king of you know two little hills. <laughs> well, they're quite large. Oh, yes, I know. I've seen them when you presented your tape recorder. Right, I forgot. Uh, did you guys, in, in all sincerity, did you guys suffer through any unusual uh, adolescent slash pubescent uh, discomforts or confusions? Or do you feel like you were well prepared by the combination of parental lectures and oh. uh, your school experiences? God, not well prepared at all. I just kind of learned not just to stop, just to stop asking. <laughs> it wasn't like I was pro- poking and prodding curiously. I was just like things were changing, and I was just like I just I'm got way too much on my plate right now. <laughs> I'm, like a, I'm like eleven. I'm like eleven Pokemon shy of completing the Pokedex. Like yeah. I do not have time for you right now, nipples. Sure, I got a Geo dude to deal with. <laughs> 
I mean, that's basic shit. I'd had a Geodude for a while, but I understand the joke you were trying to make. It's just like Geodude's little kid shit. Gr- Griffin, Let me now, put it- so Griffin, I just, well, before we continue with this podcast, uh-huh. I just want to yes. sync up with you on something real quick. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I know the names of Pokemon. <laughs> I do not know much else about Pokemon. So yeah. I will probably make a joke like the one I just did where I just needed okay. a name. And I picked one that I thought was funny. Geodude. I'll sit here. I'll sit here, seething in silence in the future, and I won't correct you. But I'm just saying it would. It, you knew who you were going to fucking have on tonight. No, you're so. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Th- you know, and on it, you convinced me. This is my bad. <laughs> I was wrong when I said Geodude. What should I have said? Uh, I mean, you know, Kangaskhan's a tough one to come by. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> can we take that again? From the top, so you. you oh so yeah. I think what we were doing was like you're like, oh, I'm my body is changing. I have a lot of my yeah, plate. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, uh, my body's changing. I just didn't ask any questions because I was too busy catching Pokemon. And there were some really hard ones to catch. Yeah, you had to catch a Snorlax. Fuck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, let's just. Yeah, Brian, can you change it in post? Change it to the right Pokemon. Thank change you. it to a Pokemon that you don't have to catch while playing the critical path of the game that you're forced to catch in a way. Brian, if you can just find one and do any amount of Pokemon research. <laughs> <laughs> Griffin, can you can you give me any notes on the uh, Pokemon that I was going to bring up? Yeah, sure. Hit me. What, okay, let's take it over. And instead of Jordan saying a Pokemon, okay. I'll say one. So you go ahead, Griffin. Okay, but it, it, let me just say, like, don't say Bulbasaur. That's like the first Pokemon you get. Rattata. That's like again, little kid shit. So okay. like, all right. So it's yeah, not, it's it's not either of those. Rapidash. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Right. Now, Rapidash, you could have done. Okay. Yeah, I was too busy catching Pokemon to pay attention to my nipples or whatever the joke was. You know, adolescence is a tough time. Your body is changing. You've just evolved into a Squirtle. Oh, boy. Okay, I know that's not right. I know that's not right. Okay. Is that um, anything? Yeah. I'm not even going mean, to dignify that, oh, man. The... Yeah. Uh, I, uh, should, okay. I should mention that Squirtle is the only Pokemon I know. <laughs> You picked a not bad. It's not bad to be the only Pokemon you know. It's just you've brought sh- uh, shame on the podcast again. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, you know, it's kind of my steez. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, so here's what I, here's what I think we've been doing has been a bad business move. Mm-hmm. This is a, one of our Max Fun Drive episodes. We're a little right. later in the show. We're going to try and convince people to to donate to Maximum Fun. And here we do an entire segment taunting them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think most Max Fun listeners know much about Pokemon. No, you're probably I think you've right. Misjudge your audience there. Anyway, time to shit on Steampunk. <laughs> uh, in the in terms of adolescent confusions, I have a very distinct one in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the bus, people laughing at the number sixty nine. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah, and I asked, and I I, mean, I wondered what they what I asked just what they meant i did not know why they were laughing i didn't know it was a sex thing and then they're like hey man just look at the number that was their explanation and so i remember going home and drawing 69 (laughs) on a piece of construction paper and just staring at it and not like maybe it's a magic eye thing where like they would connect in such a way my original thought was that it looks like boobs did you write did you write it on the construction paper with one of those super big pencils yes 
and then I hung, and then and then it just turned into a, and then it just turned into a, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> I just drew sixty nines on every piece of construction paper I could find and taped them up around the room, and then put strings going from them like I was trying to catch a serial killer. You had all the clues. You could have saved them. Did you have a conversation with your pastor about it at some point? Mm-hmm. We've and, got some concerns about Jordan. Sure. And he's like, you know what the kids were laughing about? It was just Jeremiah, book six, verse nine. You got to be careful making 69 and 420 jokes on the podcast because we apparently have done that quite a bit. And now we get tweets probably five or six a day from well-intentioned folks who have seen that number and let us know about it. And numbers occur pretty frequently out in the wild like <laughs> 69 you're going to come across a lot more than you than you think you sure are. um scores in basketball games especially if it's 69 69 forget about it that's my whole fucking night at that point yeah there are people which makes you think there's people who watch basketball games just waiting for the score to get tied up at that great sexual number <laughs> to, just to, just to let me know about it uh and i mean you can't uh, you can't harder order anything off the del taco value menu <laughs> that's true seeing the number 69 <laughs> I've been watching basketball games. I watch so many basketball games waiting for the score to be 420. Mm, sure. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I'm doing wrong. That's as Michael Jordan, game six. <laughs> um, he, he got he got 240 dunks that game. Wait, I know I did that wrong. <laughs> Shit, 210 dunks that game. He got 240. He scored 480 points, but at one point the score was 420. Yeah, hell yeah. They lost. Isn't that wild? They lost that game. What? <laughs> What were your biggest what were your biggest adolescent issues? Oh man. Um I mean having two older brothers didn't leave me many adolescent issues to sort of call my own. Mm. Um I was convinced that I needed to shave long before I actually did. And I think that was me just making a land grab for <laughs> everybody at everybody who ever went to high school had a hairy boy. <laughs> in high school sure. who like uh for us it was a, a guy named colin had a full beautiful like a, like an he's an adult like orthodontist who was doing a sting operation <laughs> in high school full beautiful beard and i think i wanted to be hairy boy mm-hmm. but it's never i'm trying to grow a beard now and it's not working and i've got you know it's been many years since i've been in high school i mean i think generally if you're an adolescent boy your choices are either to shave too early slash too much or to not shave despite desperately needing to shave right yeah. i mean i don't think there's nobody a gets it right happy medium amount of shaving for a 14 year old or a 15 year old you know it's so funny you mentioned the high school hairy boy mm-hmm. our high school hairy boy turned out to be a teen wolf <laughs> wow. man we cleaned up in basketball that year though <laughs> yeah well i remember that game that you won yeah, four, four, four to 20, 20. <laughs> 20 to 4, I guess. We we won. <laughs> but uh, um, I was definitely a wait too long to shave. I was, I think I was scared of it and did not have a helpful dad around to help. I remember, mm-hmm. like, going to the store with my mom and getting, like, the, like, Gillette razor and the, like, you know, most masculine can of shaving foam they had. Oh, maybe it was a gel. I think it was a gel. I think we it's were. It's got to be a gel. It we was were a adolescents gel. in the gel era. Yeah. So it was like, you know, and, and I think that kind of, like... The aesthetic that would become Axe body spray 
was kind of like creeping into the world of personal products. Yeah, and it was it was mm. more translucent green at the time. Absolutely. And yeah, and I think my mom, you know, my, I think my mom knew that dad was not going to do it. And like I remember a really embarrassing trip to like the Long's drugstore to get like super hyped up masculine shaving stuff that I think I was afraid of. I was definitely afraid I would hurt myself with it or that some foam would get in my eye. Uh, and then like and also just kind of having, you know, mom, who was a very helpful, great parent and just thinking the whole time, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you don't you. I mean, you what is a mom shave? I don't know. Anyway, Jordan, were you OK? So I think our current statuses are misleading. Mm-hmm. I have a pretty sizable beard, mm-hmm. but it grows out of a relatively small number of facial follicles, mm-hmm. whereas you have denser facial hair, I think, than I do. Were, mm-hmm. were you to grow a beard, you would grow a much more impressive beard than mm-hmm. I. Um, I I'm, I'm reasonably hirsute in the body. I think we're probably similarly hirsute in mm-hmm. the body. Um, were, you, uh, were you a hairy teen as well, or is this something that came to you later in life? Um, was I a hairy teen? Uh, yeah, I think I was a hairy teen. Yeah, a hairy teen Stanton. <laughs> <laughs> a real hairy teen Stanton. <laughs> I was good in everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I have never, I have never grown a beard. Uh, I my face gets too itchy, uh-huh. which I'm told you have to push through. Right. Um, and you know maybe if I just moisturized or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, too I've much ne- work. Yuck. No thanks. Ooh, yuck. Um, moisture. Ooh, I can't even say the word moist. Ooh, it grosses me out. Oh, cilantro moist. tastes like soap. <laughs> anyway, uh, God, you mentioned Axe, and I guess that also counts as pubescent bad times sure. because I definitely, definitely had an Axe phase. And before that, what was your? Uh, had, hey, dude, what was your scent? What was your Axe? Urban Assault? Was it? <laughs> was it? Uh, was it uh, summertime dick slap? <laughs> it was gu- gunmetal stink. <laughs> it, was, it smelled like this. No, but before Axe, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a spray called Bod, which had the commercials that was just like a uh, a, a bunch of women fawning over sort of ripped dudes saying, I want your Bod over and over again. Hot Bod. Tight Bod. Yeah, this came in a Windex bottle and it was <laughs> blue, which is a lot to sort of unpack there. But it was so bad and it stank so bad and you would put it on... And because it's just a, not even an aerosol spray, it was just like a Windex spray, you would not only stink like the Dickens, you would also be pretty wet. (laughs) You would be be pretty wet from the fluid you just sprayed all over yourself. Shirt sticking to pubescent skin, just wet. What's surprising about Bod is it came in that Windex blue, and it actually wasn't Windex. It was 409. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. So it's good for what good for what I yelled you. It wasn't. <laughs> it was fucking terrible. Uh, whereas I think my maybe my mom did some you know good natured misleading in the shaving department. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first deodorant was an unscented Mitchum roll on, and it's still what I use today. Well, that's nice. Wow. Yeah, I went through a brief period where I used a rock. Mm. You know these deodorant rock. Uh no! <laughs> Are you serious? Is that a, is this a, is this a stone soup situation mm. where your 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 village was convinced you that the rock the rock right. will take the stink away? Well, the thing is, is I think that uh, my 
mom generally shopped at the natural food store. That was the closest grocery store to our house. Um, shout out to Rainbow Grocery. Uh, and I think it is less a uh, – it is like a stone soup situation if you could buy a stone for stone soup at the natural food store. Mm. Uh, like it is a – it looks a little bit like those – you know those like salt crystal lamps that yeah, sure. people believe give them good vibes? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a smaller version of that in a in a round – a deodorant container, like with the twist bottom to push it up and stuff. But you just rub the rock under your arms, and uh, and that way you have done nothing. Sure. Well, the, you... the, bl- the blood produced provides a sort of <laughs> anti-stink barrier. Right. Yeah, it's moderately bladed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, I would say. Not densely bladed, but... No. I definitely, at some point, I remember my eighth grade girlfriend, Lauren... Mm-hmm. I'm using girlfriend very liberally here. Uh, but my eighth grade girlfriend, Lauren. What are we, ta- what are we talking? Uh, hold hands at the bowling alley? We definitely made out a couple times. Cool. I would say that. Nice, it. dude. Oh, yeah, bro. That's the bod. I'm spray- I spray bod. Hot bod. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the extent of our relationship was we made out a couple times and then I called her house too many times. Mm, sure. Um, but I remember her asking me. At some point, if I knew what a blowjob was, Mm -hmm. I said yes, but I did not. (laughs) I mean, in retrospect, I guess I wish I had. I don't know what that meant at the time, but uh, no, I did not. It's a shame you couldn't have synced up with Jordan at that point, gone to his 69 board, because I bet he had like, I bet he had somehow touched on, (laughs) he had accidentally stumbled on the idea of what a blowjob was at that point because of these two blessed numbers. Yeah, it's it's like how how, uh, penicillin was accidentally discovered. Right. Mm -hmm. You had had figured out what a blowjob was after leaving out a piece of moldy bread. Mm -hmm. Got it. (laughs) I I remember when the blowjob riddle was solved. I think they're like 69. A blowjob was one of those things that you kind of knew was a dirty sex thing, but maybe didn't exactly know what it was. And I remember being at a friend's house. It's the Plotkins. Shout out to the Plotkins. Yo, what's up, Plotkins? We uh, see y'all. And the the thanks for teaching me what getting your dick sucked, man. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? I've been getting it wet for years. <laughs> um, two to be exact. Um, By I, the way, people right now are tweeting at us pictures of four oh nine occurring in the wild. Oh, good. Uh, and I remember, I remember us kind of laughing, laughing at it. And the the dad of the Plotkins was like quintessential fun dad. He was. Halloween display in the garage, Dad. Dressed up as Dracula. He was alcoholic, He Dad. was an alcoholic, sure. <laughs> um, se- selling uh, heroin at the public park. <laughs> um, and he kind of heard us, and he walked over, and he's like, do you kids even know what a blowjob is? And we kind of, like, puzzled. And he's like, let me give you a hint. They should call it a suck job. And then he, like, walked out of the room. Yikes, like a Maroni. Yeah. He's like... Yes. <laughs> then he Bail. dropped a mic. He went to bed that night. I did a good thing today. Yeah. And then he and his wife both uh, reached off and uh, turned off their reading lamps at the same time. <laughs> One time, so uh, I, uh, you know, I went to arts high school, so I had a playwriting class. Mm-hmm. And in my playwriting class, our teacher was an artist in residence <laughs> who I would characterize as a cool theater gay guy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, like, you know, like I think one of the nice things about it being in an arts high school is you get some cool artist in resident teachers, uh, but they also may or may not know what you're allowed to do when you're a teacher. And uh, a classmate of mine named Jonah, uh, and I, this was, I confirmed this on Facebook a year or two mm-hmm. ago that this was not just a memory I had spontaneously ge- generated, but Jonah was, a, Jonah was about a bit of a big mouth teen. Mm-hmm. He now works with young people and is a very admirable guy, but as a teenager, a big mouth, big talker. And at one point, our teacher, whose name was Scott, uh, and I, this is like my most vivid memory of my freshman year of high school. He just went, shut up, Jonah. I bet you've never even had sex. Whoa. What a very specific, what an almost clinical burn. Yeah. <laughs> and like de- de- Jonah had definitely not had sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure Jonah went on to have tons of sex. Sure. Maybe even more than average sex. He's I, a good looking guy. I want that for him. Yeah, absolutely. I believe in Jonah. The guy went into the helping professions. He's mm-hmm. helping young people. He deserves to be plowing through it like nobody's business. Sure. And in in a loving context too, not just casual empty sex, like rich lots of eye contact. Exactly. Whispering candles, salt lamp. But what was so that destroyed <laughs> Jonah. Mhm. I felt terrible for Jonah. Jonah was really into the Wu-Tang clan. Mm-hmm. I felt really bad for Jonah. Uh, Do you think it maybe developed into a fetish where now he can't perform unless he gets yelled at by a high school teacher? <laughs> by a local, a local theatrical dramaturg. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Scott paused for a second, and he, I think he realized as he after he said that that while it was the perfect burn, it was probably not that good of an idea for him to. Uh, sexually destroy the future of a of a young person in mm-hmm. a classroom context. And so he kind of kind of made a saving throw, you know, like I'm going to you know, like I'm going to make it clear that all of this was just casual. And he said, he goes, "Sex. It's overrated. It's underrated." <laughs> yeah. Wow. And like That means that means literally everything. <laughs> I feel like having now been an adult and I don't want to speak for the two of you, mm-hmm. but I've uh, I've sexed mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm with him a hundred percent. Like I'm glad I'm on the one hand. I'm glad I'm not Jonah mm-hmm. in that situation. Must have been very tough for Jonah. However, I think he was. It was a perfect burn, and fucking nugget of wisdom mm. that I held on to until such time as I had sexed. And then upon sexing, I thought to myself, what an apt description of human sexuality. It, what? I, it don't, I don't know. What does it mean? It, well, what does I, it mean? Because it doesn't mean anything. It's the only problem. No, here's what I, here's yeah, what I think it Yeah, that's sitting on the fence. He needs to take a position, no, R.E. sex. No, I think he's taking two very clear positions. Mm-hmm. I think... Number one, it's underrated in that it is truly spectacularly majestic. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I think relative to an adolescence, well, says so the world of color at Disneyland, <laughs> <laughs> the water dancing show set to the tune of Disney's greatest hits, from Sleeping Beauty to Toy Story, and 
And Have I you would guys say, seen this fucking thing, by the way? It's I would great. also World say, Jordan, that if I could use one word to describe sex, it would be fantasmic. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's a real Matterhorn. <laughs> Main Street electrical parade. Yeah. Um, so I think that it is both truly amazing and ultimately, as it, be- it becomes a sort of normal part of your life, and in some ways it is unremarkable. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to a shocking extent. And in that sense, it is overrated. It could never be forever the thing that you imagine it to be when you are 14. This is the weirdest fucking Gene Shepard short story I <laughs> dictated. Uh, Griffin, I know that you have drama people in your family. Were you a were you a drama kid in high school? Oh yeah, for sure. We all grew up uh, we had a local children's theater that it was kind of I was kind of born into it. It was kind of assumed like, oh yeah, you're you'll do you'll do the plays. And so that was like my whole that was my friend group and my only hobby really. I played baseball for a bit, but it became immediately apparent that I was um, meant for the stage and not for that beautiful <laughs> baseball diamond. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Um, what were some of your starring roles, or you know, some of your noteworthy supporting roles? Uh, noteworthy supporting roles. I did play Templeton the Rat in a production of Charlotte's Web, and I was a real good, uh, you know, stinky thief, uh, sure. as is called <laughs> on by that part. Uh, I think that's what it says in the dramatis personae. It says Templeton the rat a stinky thief did you do the i remember the voice from the cartoon being charles nelson riley i think it is charles nelson riley it might be uh rip taylor i did my best cnr up there as as much as my you know (laughs) 10 year old vocal cords could produce uh final dress rehearsal right before opening night i did have a birthday went to applebee's Got Yoshi's store on Nintendo 64. That was a good one. Whoa. Ate a bunch of buffalo wings and ice cream, and I yartsed right on stage. <laughs> so that was. Wait, now was this was this was some did Yoshi related excitement enter into it? I was pretty stoked to get home and play with my best pal, the dinosaur Yoshi. But yeah, um, sure. it created a chemical reaction in my tummy where the buffalo wing meat. And right. ice cream was waiting to strike, right. and it did right there on the stage. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I had a bunch of dope parts. You want me to brag? I played Horton the Elephant and Seussical. I was Oliver in Oliver, just oh, the wow. title role. What? Uh, sang it, sang good. I mean, speaking of prepubescent sort of activities, final night, I remember I was doing Where is Love, the the sort of tearjerker there in the middle about yeah. this poor boy, doesn't have anybody loves him. And I, I final night of the show... It was, where is love? Uh-oh. And then I... <laughs> no, I'm a man. <laughs> oh, no. It happened. Um, yeah, I had a, lot, had a lot of great roles. Just check my IMDb. Now, um, Griffin, is, um, can we talk to Templeton? Is Templeton here <laughs> Hello, right Templeton, now? are you there? Templeton. Oh, it's Templeton, been, it's been would, would you like to join us at the fair? Been a while since I've tried to pull out this dirty rat. I've heard it's a veritable (laughs) smorgasbord. It was sort of like, hey, this, hey, (laughs) (laughs) he was sort, he was sort of like, hello, this is, uh. I don't think I have it anymore. No, I hey, think you left. It was a place in time. It was a place in time. You know. Yeah, I mean, you just can. If I can offer you some help, imagine. It's the 1970s. You're on. You're on the panel of the match game. 
There's that match game guy with that long, skinny microphone mm. with a little bulb at the end. I would, yeah, Rick prob- Taylor has just is, thrown some confetti into the air. Zsa Zsa Gabor I, is staring at you longingly. <laughs> when I was embodying Templeton, I left it all out on the stage, pretty much literally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I literally left a lot of sort of matter on the stage. Yeah. It was your commitment to the method. It was. My dad got mad at me because I missed an entrance because I was on the toilet. And he thought I was just funning around, you know, doing whatever teens do. Right, right. right. In, the, in the toilet, which in my case was playing Pokemon Blue on my Game Boy Pocket. But no. <laughs> no, uh, I, was ha- I was having an Applebee's sort of related <laughs> emergency. Sure. Um, an ARE. I promised myself I, promised myself I wouldn't talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that where your is that where your early romantic stuff happened? Is within within the like high school theater, community theater world? Yes, definitely. Like my first like my first girlfriend that I had was somebody who I had been in shows with. Um, yeah, that was sort of where I where I learned the ropes, as it were, or as was more sort of the case. Didn't <laughs> did not learn, <laughs> failed to learn the ropes. I saw the ropes and I was like. What are those? I should really get around to learning those. But then I look back. Then I look back down, and there's my friend, you know, Charizard, sure, <laughs> or Squirtle, yeah, or Yoshi. Any any manner of Nintendo dinosaur, yeah, yeah. Did you just call Squirtle a dinosaur? I'm I'm so fucking mad right now. Uh, oh yeah, no, you're right. Sorry, he's a he's he's a, he's a turtle. It rhymes, guys. It fucking rhymes. Who's your favorite Nintendo dinosaur? Let's go around the room. I like like Squinosaur. It's great. It rhymes, and you know it. Hell yeah. You can keep it straight. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with uh, probably a a Furby. (laughs) Good handling in Mario Kart. Yeah. You can really take those turns. They're not as fast as, you know. Yeah. Princess Peach, but you can yeah. take those turns. What are those? What are those little guys? What's a keychain that's like a little guy you have to feed? Tamagotchi. That's what I was. I should have said Tomo, Tomogachi, but I couldn't think of what a Tomogachi was called. No, that's okay. You said based on the fact you called it Tomogachi, you still don't know, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you still don't got it. <laughs> I hate that my role on this episode so far has been me coming in here and dunking on you guys for your <laughs> video game trivia. Yeah, I, I don't mean, own that. That's I feel not like, who I am. I feel like a chump. I feel like a real chump. I feel like I have been thoroughly dunked on. I'm not worried about it because I already knew I was a chump. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I'm I, just learning this now. I'm secure in my jumpitude. This is isn't a change for me. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm disturbed by changes, not least to my nipples. Mm-hmm. But uh, in this case, I knew myself to be a chump and will continue to be a chump indefinitely. Mm. I have three children. I'm not getting less chumpy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. It's on onward and upwards with the arts for me, <laughs> chump-wise. Right. Uh, did your, Griffin, did your drama ing continue into college? Did you do, like, college improv group and... You oh know, Christ! Phil, no, no, it did. Philip Glass it, operas and stuff like that. Did you ever star in a play that Jordan wrote? I did. Yeah. Sorry, Jordan. No, that's okay. You did. It's true. No, I'm apologizing for the bad job I did. No, and I'm apologizing <laughs> for the bad play. <laughs> okay. Cool. There's so much healing this episode. I'm so happy to be here for this. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, no, I I auditioned for many of Jordan's works, but uh, he said I was too flat. And yeah. he was he was right. You know, he was right. That's it, when you got those nip implants, right? <laughs> true. 
Um, no, I did a little bit. I did a Casca and Julius Caesar, yep. who you know as the conspirator who does the first stab. So it's just sort of somebody to let everybody else know, like, it's cool. We're stabbing now. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's one person in the office break room who gets the first slice of cake, and you're like, okay, so now... Now, now, we, can the, all, it's now always, we can all go for it. I mean, he's It's the always one, Derek. He's the one who uh, uttered the famous line, if I remember correctly. If I pizza, remember. pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? Nothing pizza, is, pizza? Nothing as good as pizza, pizza. <laughs> Don't worry about it, buddy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Griffin McElroy. I forgot y'all did this. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do it. It's like the only th- we don't do anything else. Eleven, it's the only thing we do. Eleven years we've been doing this. Our show doesn't have um, a premise. It doesn't. We just have these dumb fucking names. So on, like on every on all the other shows I do, I am infantilized to a degree because I'm the youngest, mm-hmm. and so like it would be nice to really stretch my legs out here and be like big ad- big adult. Big adult man, yeah. early adult, sure, strong, strong, tall, powerful, grown-up adult. Pube Griffin King. Pube King seems like a sort of. It seems like you want me to be that, but you said it without thinking about whether or not I would want to be that. In my heart, I think of you as my Pube King. What about Big Poppy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, given your Hall of Fame first base career <laughs> sure. with the Boston Red Sox, it seems pretty good. I'll take Pube King, I guess. Yeah, Pube King. Sure, great. Yeah, let's do Pube King. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, just, you know, throwing some more stuff out there. Pube King. Yeah, let's go with that. Jordan, it's Max Fun Drive time. It Griffin, sure it's is. Max Fun Drive time. Hooray! Weep, weep, whoop. Um, what was that? <laughs> oh, sorry. That was so, a- we've been doing this for forever. Surely we can get a better theme song for the Max Fun Drive. Nope, it's Womp, Weep, three Whoop. Three sad notes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Max Fun Drive's theme song was just recorded by holding a microphone up to a uh, like a dollar store robot toy whose batteries were running out. But you know who did that? Mm. What LCD sound system? Yeah, he's so, the guy who held up the microphone to the robot. Yeah, Frank LCD sound system. So that uh, cost us forty thousand dollars. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not cheap. It was on his reunion tour. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, Jordan, the Max. If you're a, if you're a Jordan Jesse Go listener, and you're relatively new or you haven't thought about it in a while, all of MaximumFun.org, our show, and all of the other now more than two dozen shows in MaximumFun.org, are supported by uh, the listeners out there, folks like you who listen to the show and then go to MaximumFun.org slash donate and pay for it, and it's uh, you know it's pretty cheap. Yeah, if I can, I can I throw out a couple analogies. I I love I love a good analogy because I feel that figurative language can add clarity. <laughs> sure, exactly. Uh, I just want to help people with their SATs. Got it. Uh, no, no, I think you know this is a, it's a little bit of a, an abstract thing to think about. You get this, you know, there's this thing you're look you're you're used to getting for free, and after you've been getting it for free, we're sa- we're saying uh, maybe time to put up a little cash. Here's a good yeah. Here's a good here's some good ways to think about it. As okay. a guy who was a little baffled by this when it was brought up to me. Yeah. Here's how it helps me to think about it. Sure. Uh, hey, think about it as a tip. Okay. Look, think about all the people in your life who you tip. 
if you're a nice human. Right. You tip a bartender a buck a drink. You tip your mom. You tip you tip your mommy yeah. when she hugs you. Baseball coach. You, you flick you flick your mama you flick your mama wooden nickel for each hug. Or just when she does something emotionally supportive. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh so yeah, you know, bartenders, baristas, uh, uh, uh rideshare drivers. Here right. are people you tip. Uh why not? Tip your podcasters. Think about you know, think about the 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 entertainment you get from an episode of a podcast. Is it worth a buck a show? I think it is. Well, if I go to a bar, yeah, which you guys know how much I love hanging out in bars. I'm a real bar fly. Sure, yeah. If I a go real, to a bar, real old Charles Bukowski Jesse, <laughs> yeah. we call you. It's Just a bad nickname. Knocking back ginger ales with a dash of bitters mm-hmm. at the end of the bar. Um, you know, I order. I order myself a club soda with lime. Sure. <laughs> I go to the bar. Ask. Ask a, if I go to a bar with a. Uh, with sleeve garters, you know that kind of bar? Yeah. Where the guy's wearing sleeve garters. Oh, yeah. I say, hey, what can you make me with no alcohol in there? He's mm-hmm. like, oh, put a little lime juice, put a little coconut, put mm-hmm. a little whatever, you know, mix it up. Stir it with a candy cane. <laughs> sure. Whisper a wish into it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Serve it up on the rocks. Uh, you know, I'm I'm paying a few bucks for that drink. Sure. But every time I'm dropping a bar on the ca- I'm dropping a dollar on the counter. Absolutely. And I'm saying thank you for uh, making me that drink that's going to allow me to have a good time for the next half hour or so. Yeah. Um so yeah, just think about uh, you know the shows you listen to and uh, and if it's worth uh, throwing them throwing them a buck. Analogy 2. Okay. Hey, Jesse and yes, Griffin, sir. you yes, guys sir. you guys mm-hmm. you guys pay for entertainment streaming services, don't you? Music, movies, television? Oh yeah. I got uh I got Amazon Prime. Sure. Got Netflix. Still mm-hmm. Still paying for CISO over here. Do not know how who to contact. Where's the money going? I do not even. I'm not sure. But yeah, if you if you pay for stuff like that, it's a subscription. This is also a monthly subscription. Uh, comes out of your bank account. I'm guessing that uh, that you've been paying for your Netflixes and Hulus for so long, you probably don't notice it coming out of your bank account. Uh, consider this uh, an entertainment subscription that comes out of your bank account that I uh, I suspect you probably also will not notice that much. Can I offer a few standard exemptions? Please. These are exemptions that we've talked about over the years, but if you're a new listener, you might not know about them. So I want to make it absolutely clear. Because uh, every year we get, a, we get an email from somebody who's who's sad because uh, they can't donate for one of these reasons. And I want to make it clear, those people should not be sad. They're doing their part. Number one, if you don't have a job, you're off the hook. Full-time, if, you are not, if you are not full-time employed at a living wage or better, well, $15, $17 an hour, somewhere in there, then you're off the hook. I mean, if you want to donate, if you somehow are able to, you've got to... Uh, you you found a treasure chest, for example. Sure, probably is the classic example yeah, yeah. of how you could do that. Those things are laying around. Uh, uh, but otherwise, you're off the hook. I mean, the reason that we don't put all this stuff behind a paywall is because we want people, we want everyone to be able to access it, mm-hmm. no matter what their means are. So, number one, if you don't have a job, number two, if you don't live in, uh, broadly speaking, the developed world. Okay, so look, if if you're living in Peru, where uh, you know your monthly wage goes a lot less far. Uh, than it does uh, here in the United States, or or you, you're off the hook. That's number number three. If you're under 18 years old, don't worry about it. You don't have to steal your parents' credit card. Mm-hmm. You're, you, build up the financial strength, and then once you hit adulthood, pa-pow, you're mm-hmm. in. You know what I mean? Pa-pow. Those are the categories of people who are completely off the hook. And I just wanna... number f- number four, number four. If you're just not feeling it, <laughs> <laughs> you mean the show? <laughs> Just feel not feeling it. If you get you get a, not, getting a weird vibe, 
just a weird vibe. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not feeling it, or it could just be that I'm like I'm not sick, but I'm getting sick. Um, and I think uh, I, I want to say to those folks who aren't feeling it, I understand completely. And Alexa, play Huey Lewis in the <laughs> news sports. Just because everybody's feeling that, that right? everybody's Who's feeling. Not Who's feeling not? That? What kind of monster? Who doesn't like Huey Lewis in the news sports? Uh, and hey, if if those if those logical appeals don't work for you, just think about it as you're paying some money and you're getting some sweet ass Max Fun stuff. Yeah, there's lots of stuff you get when you donate. It's actually a really simple process. You go to maximumfun.org/slash/donate. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on your uh, computer at home. You can do it on your work computer. It's probably not blocked. Sure. Go to the public library. Now, we do have some pornography there. We should explain sure, that. Yes. But it will make it through your work's content filter. But it's perfect for couples. <laughs> Max, Great for you, couples. You go to MaximumFun.org slash donate, and you basically you uh, tell it how much you'd like to support Max Fun at per month, uh, from $5 a month all, all the way on up. Uh, and then you tell it what shows you listen to. And um, Max Fun uh, takes a little bit of the don- donation to p- play for the drive, pay for the office, pay for the people that work here to run the drive, and so on and so forth. And the rest of the donation is just split evenly among the shows that you listen to. It's that simple. It is really a direct way to support the Max Fun shows that you care about. This is not a, you know, a weird extortion scheme. I do not have. At the Max Fun office, like a list where I decide who gets it based on who I like the most that month. It really goes straight to the people whose shows you listen to. And as we said before, uh, it's uh, there's lots of cool stuff you can get, and uh, it really, really does make sure that you get these shows regularly. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like because there are people who pony up and pay for the show that I have bosses who I am accountable to. So I, you know, fucking better get my ass in here every week and uh, make a show for people because uh, if I don't, I am disappointing my bosses, which is you, the uh, the, the donating listener. Yeah, I, I, I feel exactly the same way. I mean, the reason that we do it this way, and, you know, there's a lot of different ways to, you know, to, to run the finances of podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. We, could be, uh, we could be trying to make a show that's for everyone and using it as a venue to sell stuff, um, you know, the, the, com- the commercially supported method. We could put everything behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are podcast networks who are putting more and more things behind paywalls because their goal is to force people to pay for things. I have always thought, you know, part of Max Fun is we want as many people to be able to access and enjoy this stuff as possible. And at the end of the day, we want our bosses to be those people. Like we want to work for those people, not work for people who buy advertisements, uh, not work for, uh, you know, not keep our content from people who can't afford uh, the money. We we really want to, to share what we're making as widely as possible and at the end of the day, answer to the people who like it. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's really cool. It's really easy, and we super super appreciate it. It is like this is the you know this is a very very cool time of year when you get to hear from the people who like the shows because I think you know when you do a show like ours you know where you're just kind of chatting into a void and uh, it's not very popular uh, <laughs> you can you can wonder sometimes uh, why, why you would do it right. um, but it's just really really awesome to like hear for, from people who are like hey I like this show and thank you for showing up every week and here's a couple of bucks to keep it running I mean don't get us wrong mm-hmm. 
we get an email from Steve Agee once in a while. Sure, and we love it. <laughs> He's good in everything. Yeah. He's great in those Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I tried to pay for um, a sandwich at Subway with a Steve Agee email one time, and they wouldn't accept it. Yeah. They just, they just, they, they're like, here's what we'll do. We'll put a handful of sliced cucumbers directly into your mouth. <laughs> yeah, they said we. They said we get plenty of Steve Agee emails here at this <laughs> in in Austin, Texas. Sure, they're like we're going to need a Brian Posehn email or nothing. Yeah, that's their standard. So yeah, so thank you very very much, uh, everybody who goes to maximumfund.org/slash/donate. It is it is important and it is cool and it is the reason we keep doing the show. I don't know if you I don't know if you ever have this experience, but this is like mm-hmm. a real experience that I have, and I don't know if you ever feel this way griffin but like sometimes during the you know i have you know you and all three of us i'm sure have you know career frustrations and disappointments just like anyone else sure and i think like well you know what am i doing well what is all this you know why why is this okay why don't i just have a job like a normal person (laughs) you know what i mean like i'm trying to i'm trying to raise a family here or whatever and or if i'm just having a bad day or something Mm. you know I really do sometimes have the thought like, man, you know, thousands of people like the work that we're making so much that they have gone and supported it when, like, no one made them. Right. That is such an incredible honor. And I I mean – I feel like I sound like a tool talking about it like this, but I, it's really sincere. Like, it is an incredible honor to feel like people are saying, you know what? That's worth that's worth five bucks out of my life every month. Like, I really – this is something that actually matters to me. This is something that I get happiness out of, whether it's, you know – you know, whether Bullseye is like introducing people to something they never knew about or Jordan Jesse Go is letting them escape from a difficult thing in their life or just entertaining them while they're at the gym or whatever. Like it really it really it really means a lot. Um, and I'm very grateful for it. And And like you said, Jordan, like this is the time of year when we, you know, we like. Maybe because we make ourselves we make ourselves emotionally available for mm. the first time all year. But like. It's a time when, like, people take the opportunity to tell us why our work means something to them. And it's really uh, it's really special and amazing. Like, it's really, really hard work every year, but I look forward to it every year for that reason. Um, so, so yes, I'm, I'm just I'm just really grateful for for every single person who does that. Like it it makes a big difference in my life, not only in that I can pursue a career as a professional podcaster and bullshit artist, um, but also because, you know, it's it's just such a it's just such a tremendous honor to feel like you're doing something that that makes a difference in people's lives. Um, yeah, so a uh, so definitely like it is it is a great feeling. This is a very, very fun time of year uh, and uh, we love it. Do you think should we should we should we do a little segment? Yeah, we'll do a we'll do a regular segment of the show, and then we'll go back and and if for some reason this sincere appeal has not appealed has not appealed to you, we'll just list shit. We'll just you list can get shit the you can get. There is yeah. free shit There's abounds. So much shit you can get. I mean, yeah. if you can go to maximumfund.org slash donate and take a look at the shit right now, but we'll tell you about the shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, lots of great bonus content and uh, and actually cool stuff that you will uh, like having around the house and putting on yourself. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. 
It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Griffin McElroy. Pukey. <laughs> there we go. There we go. It's real cute when you say it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it comes Puking. off real creepy. It comes <laughs> yeah. off real creepy when I say it, but it sounds good when you yeah. say it. You yeah, make it's tough to make it sound, sound good, as they say. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough work. <laughs> if you're the pube king, I'm the taint duke. <laughs> Ugh, start the podcast over. <laughs> no! <laughs> um, I, wa- I want to mention, before we get into any other stuff, that at the end of the Max Fun Drive, which runs until uh, a week from Friday, it'll be Friday the 13th, we're going to have a big live streaming show that Jordan, you and I are both going to be part of. It's going to be a lot of fun. So look, for Max- look at MaximumFun.org and-, and you will find the information there. And also... Uh, the Max Fund Meetup Day is coming up. So also go to MaximumFund.org and you will find a Max Fund Meetup in your area. And if there isn't one, there will be instructions on how to pick a venue for one. Uh, that is another really cool part of the Max Fund Drive. Yeah, these things, are, uh, these both the live stream and the meetups, uh, uh, I think I've, I've done every year and they are a blast. So definitely definitely check those out. Definitely take advantage of those. Griffin, are you guys, uh, are, are you guys doing any special Max Fund Drive stuff? I feel like... Uh, I feel like at this point, between you and your brothers and your dad and you and your brother's wives and their relatives, uh, there's over 700 McElroy-related programs. Um, Around that number, yeah. uh, Are you guys just uh, stacking them on top of each other and seeing if they reach the moon? Yeah, that's the plan. We're creating a staircase uh, that'll make it so high that one of us can climb up and become God. We'll climb up right into heaven. Wow, blasphemous. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, learn learn God's wisdom and then become. Yeah, so that's the plan. Shove them down Uh, those stairs. (laughs) Travis has been doing most of the work on the God staircase. Yeah. and some of them have been more successful than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, had to f- take a few steps out of the God staircase. <laughs> and sometimes we take a look, a hard look at one of the stairs at the staircase and we say, but it just didn't fucking work anymore. <laughs> and we changed the stair sure. to something uh, to something else. Um, but do we have anything special planned for the drive? I'm so glad you asked. I'm uh, going to do a backflip. Oh, wow. Cool. A real backflip? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm going to do a uh, backflip. I've uh, been practicing a lot yeah. and uh, announced it, geez, all over. Going to do a big backflip. Uh, Going to go to the, the gym. Don't want to do it in my office. I'll fall on the floor, hurt myself, but I'll go to the trampoline floor and do a big backflip. Cool. So, wow. Look forward to that. Yeah. You're a regular Ozzy Smith, the Wizard <laughs> of Oz. Sure. Yeah. So if we get 100 donors, the backflip, 200 donors, triple backflip. And then I haven't thought any farther than that, but uh, yeah. I guess I'll just keep adding more backflips sure. onto it, I guess. Yeah. Instead of getting donors, do you think it would be possible for us to get donairs? Because I love a good kebab. <laughs> yeah, if we get two donairs mailed to us, yeah. we'll eat them. <laughs> and that'll give us backflip energy, uh, backflip strength to do the big backflip. I went, speaking of your brother Travis, I went to the uh, Grand Canyon with Travis. <laughs> Last year, yeah, you you guys got really peyote high, and you said you know it'd be really cool right now is to see the big hole that we call the Grand Canyon. And I thought I said it's irresponsible. Both of you have families. <laughs> I mean, we have so you know, like well, there's like a goal for a number of Max Fund supporters every year, and uh, we beat the goal last year. And then we set a stretch goal, but we didn't have we had not planned ahead for what and we haven't done this this year we had not planned for a stretch goal ahead of time 
And so literally what happened is Bikram, our managing director, and I had a brief conversation at our desks, which are like two feet away from each other. And he said, oh, shit, what are we going to do if we get the stretch goal? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Let's fucking record a show at the Grand Canyon and like buy bus tickets for people to come and see it. And he's like, okay. Uh, So we did that. We hit the stretch goal and did that. Uh, and I had not been to this. Have you, Jordan? Have you have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? No, this was not a. Despite you know, kind of growing up in California and being in being close, uh, it was never a family road trip that we took. Uh, I do have plans to go with my sister in May. Oh, that's pretty. So cool. that'll be my first time. It is. It is when you live in California. It is both close and weirdly far. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, we flew most of the way there, and I think I was either on an airplane or in an airport for a solid eight hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so you, you have to, you have to like, drive a couple hours after you get to – it's a whole thing. Uh, Griffin, have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? No, too afraid. Yeah, it's, so, a, it's a big hole. I'm glad you brought that up, Griffin. I had not been since I was a kid. I went as a kid. But my primary experience of it – Having so I I thought I first of all I made up this thing off the top of my head it was a dumb idea then we thought of naming it Yanni live at the Acropolis to live at the Grand Canyon without Yanni mm-hmm. and by the time we'd done that it was pretty much locked Set in, in stone yeah. yeah it was pretty yeah, much you want to <laughs> throw away that uh, that gem that's as good as it gets yeah. Yeah, you ever have a joke that's just so good that you make 30 people fly across the country mm-hmm. and get very close to the big dangerous hole? So we we got there and like the Grand Canyon could not be more majestic. Like the amount of majesty contained within the Grand Canyon is a star- like it makes you want to start crying immediately because it's so spectacular and so awe-inspiring. But I am also very afraid of heights. And I thought that I had gotten to a point, like, it doesn't affect my life very much. Number one, I avoid heights. But number two, like, I have, I feel like I have gotten to the stage in my adulthood where I can control my fears by burying them deep inside myself so that they can fester with my anxieties um, and my shame mm-hmm. in a, into a kind of diamond. Sure. I thought you were going to say a jambalaya. <laughs> well, sure. The shame is the sausage. The secret is you just, you just get a can of Zatarans and you just yeah. drink it. <laughs> Chug it. It turns into jambalaya deep in your tum-tum. Uh, Griffin, what were the McElroy family vacations? I guess I because Grand Canyon probably tough for you guys given where you grew up. What were the what were the like driving distance long weekend spots? Um, I mean Dollywood, really? Do- Dollywood was up there. Kings Island. We were a roller coaster family, Hell yeah. uh, both in the sense that we loved it and also just man, <laughs> yeah. a lot of ups and downs. Sure. Um, Do they have so, roller yeah. coasters at Dollywood? I think they have one. And it was it was all right. You mostly go for the just to maybe you'll meet Dolly Parton. It's the only amusement park that you go to because there's a small chance you might see Dolly Parton. Right. Um, 
otherwise there's like a there's like eight log flumes <laughs> it's it's a rural themed thing and so it's just like what do we got i don't know man logs yeah i mean i definitely i definitely always hoped uh because uh, hoped to meet because i had heard that he hung out a lot i hoped to meet merle haggard at marine world africa usa mm-hmm. uh, in vallejo california sure yeah that's and that's yeah I I yeah we did that we did you know Myrtle Beach um Florida again this is not like long weekend territory but if you wanted to take a weekend I think Kings Island you go and you get your uh crotch destroyed by the Tomb Raider ride and that's <laughs> and then you do that and you know it's been a weekend a fun weekend with your family I mean could you describe the Tomb Raider ride and how it destroys one's crotch because I can yeah, picture you, this you sit in a chair and then you snap down this big harness with sort of it, it secures all of your vital zones sure. and then um the chair so it's is like, on it's like, like a y shaped it goes from nard to nip yeah it's kind of like a you know a, a borat swimsuit design and so you put that on and then the chair, the like row of chairs dislodges and it's on two long arms that sort of swings you 360 degrees like a, like a, like a pendulum. And, uh, at some points it like stops and now you're hanging by the harness basically completely and, um, you get off of it and it's just really mushy down there <laughs> yeah but disp- it's been a fun ride and you saw Laura Croft, you know, cause take, take home the treasure but you won't take home your treasure if you if you know all pop out. Do you say that you are afraid of the Grand Canyon because you are also an afraid of heightsmen? Yeah, I don't love them, and there's something. There's it's just I feel like if I'm up on a mountain and I'm looking down and just see the vastness below me of 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 the landscape stretching before me sprawling and then that you know i look down and there's you know down the mountain and better not fall i don't think that scares me as much as the grand canyon which is a big hole which is a, and a big beautiful hole don't get me wrong i love it and i would love to see it someday but there's something about a hole that scares me a whole lot more than a, a mountain because i'm not going to fall off a mountain probably but a right. hole i think i could conceivably Slip on a banana peel, and that's why they don't sure. let those anywhere near it. Yeah. Um, although I will say, I will say, I put on like a cool base diving parachute. I could probably do like ten backflips off that fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Now, Griffin, can you do you? How many backflips have you done in your life? Because you seem to be oh, this Jordan. You, you know his other nickname, right? I I don't flipper. Oh, I thought it was because of the blowhole. <laughs> it's because of the blowhole, and Jesse, that's entirely because of the front flips I do. I do front flips like wild. Front flips, side flips, corkscrews, sure. whirly gigs, uh, <laughs> spinny doos. I can do all of the all of those. Have right? you ever love the, your spinny doos? Have I you really ever done an it's a doozy? Um, yes, and that's where you do a front flip while eating an itzika doozy. <laughs> Got um, it. That reminds me. Anybody want to watch you call it? <laughs> Got a couple in my pocket. That's dangerous. Any flip, the the flip school I went to, they said don't do anything with like a thing of food that has a stick built into it in your mouth because that's going to go yeah right down the gullet. But right um, yeah, for whatever reason, I just can't. If I can't, I can't see behind me, Griffin. The, and so I don't know. The, I don't know. I don't know what I'm flipping back into. Griffin, the flip school you went to, is that a yeah. degree program or a certificate? It was. It was Vassar. Oh wow! Really, you went to Vassar. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, if I got my grad my graduate degree. I went to a flip school that was just to teach me how to make yogurt-covered pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good school. It turns out. I'm still $80,000 in debt. Here's what's crazy about it. You start with a pretzel and you cover it in yogurt. Mm-hmm. That's the system. Yeah. Well, there's also a lot of theory. <laughs> they make it. They make it sound a lot more complicated than that. And yeah. so you you sign up and you get there, and they're like, "Day one, here's how you make a flip." Yeah, like you you mostly just press the go button on the flips making machine. I don't think they're doing these bad boys by hand. I got my um, flip degree from a Dominican medical school, hmm. and the honest truth is, I can barely do a forward roll. Oh my gosh! No, well, there you go. The end of the day, I thought I could ran off with your money. I thought I could save a dollar. Heading out to the DR. <laughs> I tried to I tried to do my first t- attempt on Phoenix Online, and I'm not here to knock, you know, online school programs. No, but they just said go, they're very they classy said, and definitely they're not very classy. taking advantage of fake people. And, and they said just go ahead and flip forward, and I did. Jumped right on my fucking computer, broke it. Oh wow! Yeah, so they kicked me out. Hmm. Did you have a protection plan on that? Um. What's funnier? No. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesse, this this show that you recorded at the Grand Canyon, yeah, is this something that people could listen to if they donated during the Maximum Fund drive? Not only can people listen to it uh, if they're Max Fund donors, but you can also watch it on the Max Fund YouTube channel this week. Hey, all right. How much ambient audio did you have to cut out of people just like wow, like just onlookers just sort of gaping <laughs> oh, at the majesty? We're so and how small. Many e- yeah, how many eagles? Wow, God is real. He did this. Like a lot of people having some like wild epiphanies and like eagles and the sounds of donkeys just uh, trotting down the the pathways. Um, so people can listen to this maximumfund.org slash donate. But seriously, like looking into the Grand Canyon made me want to cry mm-hmm. for two reasons. Number one, falling into a hole as Griffin described. There's also a larger like. Almost, I have the same feeling when I look at the horizon, when I look out over the ocean. Mm-hmm. I also don't like that because it's like an ex- it, it incites in sort of existential dread. Mm-hmm. It's too vast. Ooh, I like feeling insignificant. It makes me think I can just do whatever. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I can do whatever. Like, I think the vastness of the Grand Canyon has a similar effect to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, part of it is I could fall in. Part of it is others around me could fall in, which was definitely a big concern that Mm -hmm. I was having. Uh, But the biggest biggest concern of all was kind of – it was kind of like, oh, I guess I'm just a sand in an hourglass and I'm about to pass from the top to the bottom. Yeah. That means I'm dead. I can do anything. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Jordan, is that why you're vaping right now? Hell yeah, dude. You only go around this crazy marble once. You might as well blow some fat clouds. <laughs> you know me. Big, beautiful hole, though. America, one of the great wonders. One of the great I holes. Like we're, talking a lot, we're talking a lot of shit about this hole. <laughs> it's like, no, we like the hole. We're pro-hole. One of the great bands of alternative rock. Sure, absolutely. Really, I mean, it's it's easy to lose sight of because, you know, sometimes Courtney Love's public persona right. isn't as uh, uh, thoughtful or elegant as you might like it to be. Right. But uh, a whole were a, a really essential part of that movement and Absolutely. inspired a lot of people. And, you know, transitioned into, into, into more of a pop band more seamlessly than you'd think, given their hard edge that they started with. 
Yeah, that's very a really impressive. good. That's a really good point. Makes me feel very insignificant and whenever also, I look at the discography <laughs> of Hole. And you can really see the layers of sediment. Yeah, it gives you a good sense of the geology right. of the band. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? How 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 many just millions of years they've been there? And you can uh, you can hike to the bottom, camp there, and then hike back up the next day. And you know, I mean, I think like obviously when people talk about Hole, you you know, you think of the like that really strong, distinct vocal performance from Courtney Love. Right. It's, of course. It's singular. There's yeah. nothing like it. It's right there. But I mean, also just some things that I think also kind of contributed to their success uh, were some really, really competent drum work right. and erosion. Yeah. So. <laughs> Those three things. But I think without the vocals, it's not a national park. No, you're right. Sure. <laughs> it's at best uh, like a state monument. Sure, it's a monument. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's probably the, the strata that I would place it at. Mm-hmm. Interesting, considering it has so many strata. <laughs> sure. It's visible strata. Visible strata. Because <laughs> of the geological wonders. Is there anything that you'd like to wring out of this stone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me try. Let me try. My, uh, their music really rock. Really rocks. <laughs> The buzzer, three-pointer, do you believe in miracles? Notre Dame for three. Oh, the humanity. Holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. It's actually pronounced McElroy. Has there ever been a game with two buzzer beaters in it? I can't fucking believe it. second buzzer. Wow. I need to take a nap. <laughs> I just threw up on the stage of a children's theater in West Virginia. Yeah. How are those hot wings, though? <laughs> they were good. Not as good as that ice cream, though, baby. Yum, yum. Mm. <laughs> Got to get home to Yoshi. <laughs> Griffin, how do you feel about Boshi, the evil Yoshi? Uh, I, uh, I just, where does it fucking stop? You know, Princess Princess Beach. Like, come on, y'all. Yeah, is there Let's no be reasonable. is there no evil Princess Peach? I don't think so. Because there's evil. What is there? Evil Luigi. Yeah, there's Wall Luigi. There's evil Mario. Mm-hmm. Mario. <sighs> there's. Evil- Can you all hear that? Can you hear my muscles relaxing as we're starting to get? But we talked about <laughs> basketball for a while. We talked about uh, being outdoors for a while. Can you hear like my bones like settling back into place in the chair? There we go. Like an old glove. I mean, there's a couple things. There's a couple things that I have something to offer on. If any of these subjects are of interest to you, I'll, I'll throw them out there. Uh, Katamari Damacy for mm-hmm. the PlayStation Two. Yep. Sea Man mm-hmm. for the yep. Sega Dreamcast. Sure. And Bulls versus Blazers in the NBA playoffs for the Sega Genesis. Uh, Griffin, I'm oh. I'm I'm not as much. You almost of, had me. I'm I'm not as much of a Nintendo completist as I as I think you are. Uh, in the extended. Mario averse, like in Mario Tennis or whatever, is there an evil Peach or an evil Daisy? Not as oh god, I'm gonna say no, and then someone would be like, "Well, uh, uh, actually, Mr. Game and Watch." Okay, <laughs> no, there was a Princess Peach Nintendo DS game, I think called Super Princess Peach. I might be wrong on that. Where you played as Princess Peach, and your main means of interacting with the world and like solving puzzles and navigating the environment was to give her different abilities by switching her into different emotional states. And it was like, wow, y'all, this is how now you can make her, uh, you know, real pissed off, and now she's real sad by making her emotions change change her physiologically. And it's like this is the debut you have for. 
Princess Peach having her own starring oh, role in a game. Boy. But I don't think that counts as an evil Princess Peach. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Is the Daisy is is Daisy evil Princess Peach? Is, when, oh, I don't know. Is Daisy no. evil? What's what's Daisy's alliance? Is she a neutral good? Is she a chaotic evil? I think she's chaotic good because okay. she'll she wants the you know the the Mushroom Kingdom to improve, but she'll fucking do some wild shit to get it there. Now, do how know- does Abby Cadabby fit into all of this? Who's that? The Pokemon. <laughs> oh, okay. The evolved form of Abby. Right. She's like uh, she's like the girl counterpart to Elmo. Oh, okay. She's a little fairy. It's fun. She does magic spells. They added her in like 2008 or something. I've been watching a lot of Sesame Street. It may not surprise you to hear. I have an, uh, a young son and he's getting into the street and Loves they street. wanted they they just they wanted a new like sort of starring monster and so they added Abby Cadabby and it's so wild to me cuz it's just like this is the count. He counts numbers and this is the cookie monster. He loves cookies. And now we're going to introduce magic. It's like anytime there's magic on Game of Thrones, it's just like uh, the other, you know, 99% of the time, it's just like, I'm a king and I'm going to cut your face off. Blah, ah, ah, ah. And then somebody's like, I'm going to cast a magic wizard spell. And it's like, wait, you're what? Doing what? With a what? Griffin, to be I thought fair. This was, I thought this was history for a second. <laughs> it's, it's, sort of, it's sort of like this. I am an evil king, and I'm going to cut your face off. Ah, 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 <laughs> one, ah, ah, one ah, enemy's ah, face. Ah, <laughs> two, two you know, enemy's never really, faces. <laughs> I've never thought about it, but I guess they did introduce vampirism into Sesame Street. Yeah, he's, un- he's early. undead. <laughs> he, Kill me and give me the, my rest. <laughs> the Count used to be a living person who may or may not have had any fascination with numbers yeah. until he was murdered by another vampire. He was sired right. by another vampire. Are the, and who's he biting? Is the number obsession a reflection of his vampirism? Or was it a, a hobby that he enjoyed previously uh, that mm. perhaps became more pronounced when he went from dead to undead? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it gets you to have eternity in front of you. Right. You just you should have some hobbies. Yeah, but I guess I mean I guess when you when you are a vampire, that is your you know that's that's your cross to bear. Excuse the inadvertent vampire. He wouldn't. Pun. Yeah, he really he would he definitely bear wouldn't bear it, a cross. You know. Like maybe uh, in life, he was an actuary or an accountant or an official scorekeeper at a baseball right. game. Well, I would think he would be a count. I would think he would retain that title even in a state of living death. Oh, okay, so you think <laughs> I don't know how it works? You think the title is not something that he? Yeah, earned. you don't. You don't just go from some blue collar schmo to you know denizen of a castle just because you get uh, chomped by a vamp. I don't know. Maybe you just have a lot of time to find a castle, <laughs> file the paperwork. Sure. You know what I mean? The, the whole world is straight before you were focused on air conditioner repair on HVAC stuff. Right. Just a regular blue collar guy mm-hmm. in a nice utility van. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know how I feel about a nice utility van very strongly. Sure, I love a nice mm-hmm. utility van. But you got a nice utility van. You got yourself a you got yourself a trade. Yourself a decent living and a nice family. Then you're dead. You're undead. Mm-hmm. And nothing but time. And all of a sudden, you're you're filing paperwork. Soon, you're a viz count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so usually you work your way up to <laughs> exactly. I just like I, I'm now thinking about it. If he was sired. Was it by somebody else on Sesame Street? Is but which is to say, is somebody else on Sesame Street also a vampire, Holy but not shit. so forward, but not so forward facing? About yeah, I it. think right. Hoots the Owl probably probably Hoots. 
I mean, you don't see him out during the day that much. Mm-hmm. He's always at that jazz club. I don't know who. Is he a recent addition? Uh, no, he's he's an OG. Okay. He plays the saxophone. Okay, I don't know if I remember. He's kind of a purple owl. Purple owl plays the sax. Yeah. Cool. He's a real he's a real cool cat. Cool. Um, like a lot of uh, like a lot of uh, preschool age children, uh, he associates coolness with jazz. With music. Ch- sure, yeah. <laughs> what if it was a human? I'm in here thinking which of the monsters is a secret vampire because obviously the answer is Big Bird. Looks like a bat already, right? Um, but what if <laughs> sure, it was yeah, a Big what Bird? It, looks like a bat. Go ahead. Yeah, no big wings. Yeah, but what if it was a hu- what if it was Hooper? Mm, yeah, or one of the human characters? Would that even work? Would like, that even work? Like Maria? If Maria sees a, one of the monsters and is a vampire, and she bites one of the monsters, she's just going to get a bunch of fur. I think. I don't even think they have. We've never. Uh, obviously, we can't ask Jim Henson, but like, I don't think there's any blood in there. So you and think, now we're getting. You think Muppets have fur? As like yes. a natural defense against vampires? I don't know, but they definitely don't have blood and they definitely don't have bones, except for the hand bones inside of them. And that's true. <laughs> here's a here's a thought. Uh-huh. I mean, I think we're assuming it's someone from Sesame Street who bit him. Right. Mm. They're welcoming in guest stars all the time. So you think it was Savion Glover? Well, I, I don't listen. I'm not caught up on my Sesame Street. Obviously, I stopped watching when I was a kid, and you know, like haven't watched since. Uh, you know, not having kids, but you I don't think know. It was Pentatonix. Well, I was going to say if sometime in the uh, sometime in the you know like kind of late '90s, '97, '98, did David Boreanaz guest star? <laughs> David Boreanaz is definitely on it. Uh, Justice Sotomayor was on it. Yeah. Dracula was on it. Oh, wait a it minute! It was Sotomayor. <laughs> that's that's who did it. You cracked the code. My best, you're a regular Van Helsing. My best guess is the Pointer Sisters, <laughs> mm, sure. and I'll tell you why. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now you're undead. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Sixty-nine. Right uh, 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 uh. Yeah. Right. That's it. Teeny little super guy might have been the <laughs> the vampire. Yeah. Guys, we he cracked just the watched. Coast. He loves to watch the siring. <laughs> oh yeah. So he gets his teeny little rocks off. <laughs> the fucking sicko. And then he pops right up before your eyes. Bam! I've been here the whole time, baby. <laughs> Cracking it. <laughs> yeah. Make him into your child of the night. <laughs> Turn into a mist. Now you're gonna live forever, asshole. <laughs> Ha-ha! Turn into a mist for daddy. <laughs> yum, yum. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Griffin McElroy, pube king. There you go. Way to sell it, pubie. Okay, so it's Max Fun Drive time, and we're asking people to go to MaximumFun.org slash donate to support this show and all of the great shows at MaximumFun.org, not least of which is My Brother, My Brother, and Me, which apparently, Griffin, you just recorded on the red carpet of Escape from Margaritaville, the Jimmy Buffett catalog musical. Well, it's Escape to Margaritaville. Escape from Margaritaville is <laughs> a show with, I'll say this, a show with more zombies in it than yeah. there are in Escape to Margaritaville, which is already a considerable number of zombies. Got it. This show is a fucking must-see. Oh, <laughs> uh, where's my lost shaker of salt? <laughs> Excuse me, I have a... 
movie to write. <laughs> you, the movie you're writing is Escape to Margarita. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> um, hey, it's the Max Fun Drive. Griffin, you recorded an episode featuring Broadway's finest coming out very soon. Specifically Mary Lou Henner. Mary Lou Henner. Who happened to be walking by. Um, if, speaking of special episodes, yeah. that's that's one that'll just be in the Mabim Bam feed. Yeah. But oh, yeah. if you're looking for something a little special, something special because you donated. Yeah. There are episodes of every Max Fun podcast that you can listen to that are donors only. Yeah. This is maybe a secret that people didn't know about, but there are special donors only episodes of every single show that you can get when you donate. At this point, for shows like Jordan Jesse Go and My Brother, My Brother and Me that have been going for years, we're talking about 10, 20, 30 hours of content that is only for people who are members of MaximumFun.org. There is a huge, vast well of special episodes of Jordan Jesse Go, special episodes of every single one of our Max Fun programs. It is like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours at this point total. Um, and it's all accessible only to folks who are monthly backers of MaximumFun.org at any level. It doesn't matter what level you are at. You will get access to a special podcast feed that you can put into your podcasting software where you can find – uh, exclusive bonus episodes of all of our shows. And even this year, Jordan, uh, I don't know if you'd like to brag about it, but you hosted a very special one-episode-long podcast. Yes, this is a one-time, never-to-be-repeated podcasting event. John Hodgman and I, who both uh, have worked in the cheese industry... As cheesemongers. As cheesemongers, report, recorded a podcast called Shootin' The Breeze, where we talk about <laughs> cheese. We interview a famous French cheese man. We talk about our time in the cheese industry uh, and, you know, just kind of spin off into 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 the world of early jobs. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you can only listen to it if you go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. One time, never to be repeated, a special episode just for donors. I've been really into aged Gouda lately. Mm, like you got to age it. Like a hard aged Gouda it has a rich, rich flavor. We get into cave-aged Gruyere's. We get into it. Wow, right in a cave, huh? In episode one? Yeah. <laughs> yes, the one and only episode. We get into it. We just we knew it was going to be a one-time thing, so we just made sure to cover all the ground. Holy cow. Uh, so, yeah, this was a very cool, weird, fun, dumb thing uh, that we did just for donors. And uh, also, there's a special Jordan Jesse Go we recorded uh, with Carrie Poppy from Oh No, Ross and Carrie, where we uh, take a spooky trip. Through the phone call graveyard. Yeah, we answered, we took so many phone calls in one episode. It was borderline astonishing. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was a, it was a, a trip through some weird calls that weren't quite appropriate for the regular show. For a variety of reasons. For a variety of reasons. Only some were not good enough. That's true. Um, but yeah, it was a ton of fun. Uh, Carrie Poppy is the best. Uh, and we also uh, get into, a little bit into her uh, passionate feeling about what Disney restaurants should be called what. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and her dreams came true. That's true. Yes. Uh, we'll hear us arguing about whether uh, Tomorrowland's Pizza Planet should be called Pizza Port. We recorded Wait, the episode. Strike that. Reverse it. I think it's okay. Well, now it's called. Now it's going to be called Pizza, Pizza Planet. Planet. But it was called Pizza Port. Carrie was mad. A mere two or three days later, it actually became called that. So in a way, it's like our podcast predicted the future. Well, Jeffrey Katzenberg is a big Jordan Jesse Go listener. <laughs> sure. 
Uh, he hasn't been the chairman of Disney for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, Roy Disney? Is he still alive? Don't know. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Griffin, uh, what kinds of bonus stuff have you done uh, for the shows you're involved with? Uh, well, there's the one of me trying to do the backflip a bunch of times. Of course, yep. we, we covered that. We covered so that. Just be yelling and yelling and yelling. Probably bad audio. Uh, for Mabim Bam this year, we did one that was just us trying out uh, all of our old segments we used to do. Uh, <laughs> including things like uh, Subway Hacks, which is a thing I don't remember we did, but Justin swears, where we talk about great ways to uh, accentuate your Subway experience. It's basically <laughs> people trying to get like a free 25-cent slice of meat on their sandwiches. <laughs> uh, so we did that and uh, did an episode of The Adventure Zone with a game that a listener made for us called Four Sherlock Holmeses and a Vampire, who is one of the aforementioned Sherlock Holmeses. It's a one-off uh, episode playing this game. Justin ran it, and it's all of us doing pretty pretty bad British accents for uh, a <laughs> wow. little over an hour. So that sounds good. Um, pretty much up to par with the previous year's Taz offering, where we played D and D with uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda. This one's just as good, if not better, than that one. I think. Which EGOT did you get involved in uh, this new one? I mean, probably Bobby Lopez or Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. or uh, Whoopi Goldberg was uh, did the pr- production editing. Oh, isn't on it. She's got a re- yeah, she's got a she cut it together. Yeah, she really, she's got a, it's a good sense of flow. She got a trial version of Reaper, and <laughs> she knows how to use it. Yeah, so a lot of like cool, fun stuff that's kind of like for super fans only, uh, MaximumFun.org slash donate. And in, this, in addition to all that great bonus content, uh, we also got some stuff, some physical stuff. Yeah, if you support us at $10 a month or more, and all of these things are cumulative, by the way. You get uh, not only the thing that is at that level, but all of the previous levels. Uh, at the $10 a month level, you get uh, – I am so excited. So we did these – we made enamel pins last year. It was like extraordinary. People went apeshit for these pins. Megan Lincott, our friend, a graphic designer and artist, designed new pins for us this year. She designed a hard as a rock, wet as a river uh, pin that features an eagle who appears to be, I'm going to say, surfing down a river? Yeah. Does that seem right he to is, you? He is sitting on a boulder. He's surfing down a river. He is very majestic. Uh, the text says, hard as a rock, wet as a river is a very cool pin. It'll look great on your jean jacket or your messenger bag. This is not I'm something... Ass- I'm, assuming, I'm assuming this was commissioned before the rise of the tree bee. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> yeah, yeah, in hindsight, it should be the tree bee, uh, <laughs> the world's most confusing and unfunny meme. <laughs> $20 a month, uh, you get the... Oh, and I, I sh- we should mention, it's not just that pin. You can, I mean... You can pick any show. You can we pick know any that show. You, there's a different Max Fun show you like better than this show. <laughs> sure. Just go ahead and pick that. Yeah. Uh, as long as you donate, we don't care which pin you pick, but pick our pin. Just in general, Jordan, can I just say, I don't care what level you support us at. What I care about is that you support just us. Just support. Yeah. Uh, for 20 bucks a month, you get the pin, you get that exclusive bonus content, and you also get something called the Max Fun Family Cookbook. This is like, you know how if uh, like the Lady Lions Club or the Junior Rotarians mm-hmm. or uh, the Boys and Girls Club will put together like a spiral bound community cookbook. Yeah. Minor league hockey team wives <laughs> will put this together. Um, we put together the Max Fun family cookbook. It's recipes from all of your favorite Max Fun hosts, their favorite family recipes. And here's a nice little bonus mm-hmm. it comes with a Max Fun themed set of cookie cutters, a rocket ship, and a crescent moon and a star. 
35 bucks a month, you get the cookbook, you get the cookie cutters, you get the pin, you get the bonus content, and you also get a handsome Max Fun juice carafe. This is a very classy carafe. Very classy carafe. It doesn't matter what you put in there. You don't have to put you don't have to put juice in there. Yeah. Let's say uh let's say you're feeling saucy, you could put champers in there, which is what I call champagne. Sure. Uh, uh let's uh, say you're any... a vampire, you could put human blood in there. <laughs> there he goes. Champs for vamps. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, very handsome. I keep another carafe inside the carafe. Ooh. But get this. Get this. Get this. It's a bigger carafe. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Russian nesting carafes. Uh, and inside that one's a boat I've been working on for a while. Oh, that sounds handsome. Um, there are Max Fun gifts at every level. Whatever, whatever your means are, you will get something cool out of supporting your favorite podcasts. But again, like I, I really want to emphasize this point. Um, there is a level for everyone, and really for me, what I get excited about is how many of our listeners choose to support us. It's not about uh, who wants to give us uh, so much money every month or whatever. It's really about all the people who are giving us even a small amount, even five bucks, you know, a buck a week or whatever. Yeah. Um, Every single one of those people thrills me to the bone. Yeah, it's really, really cool. There's And, and yeah, the stuff is always very, very uh, well-made, handsome, something you'd be happy to put in your house. Uh, love these Max Fun pledge gifts. Uh, yeah, and there's uh, there's something for everybody. No matter what your uh, no matter what your budget is, uh, you can definitely find something that is uh, that is cheaper or uh, or along the same lines as you know what you pay every month for cable or Netflix or you know name your streaming thing of choice. Uh, hopefully, you get as much entertainment from MaximumFun.org as you get from that stuff. Uh, just go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. If you're already a Max Fun supporter, and thank you to every single person out there who is already a Max Fun supporter, you, of course, will continue to get new bonus content every year. But if you decide to increase your support, maybe you're listening to more Max Fun shows, or it's a bigger part of your life, or your means have improved. Maybe you found that treasure chest. <laughs> Congratulations on that chest. Um, then you will get all of these prizes, too. So that is a, an exciting opportunity uh, for folks who are continuing to support us. Um, I Honestly, no matter what the level, no matter how you're doing it, what we're really grateful for is that you like these shows um, enough to support them, enough to make them you know, a real part of your family's budget as well as a part of your family's life. Uh, yeah, so thank you to everybody who donates. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, really, really cool. And uh, yeah, guys, this is great stuff. That's the reason why we can afford... To buy the nitrous oxide that Brian inhales <laughs> before every program. Right. It's the reason, no, but seriously. I'm concerned it's Joker toxin. <laughs> anyway, don't kill us, Brian. It is indeed Joker toxin. I mean, this is a, this is a huge part of our professional lives. And I'm not even just talking about, uh, I'm not talking about me. Obviously, I do this full time, you know, running the company and stuff. But like Jordan... You're a professional comedy writer. Griffin, you're a professional journalist. Um, And and the reason that we can make room in our lives for this, uh, Brian is a professional television writer. The reason that all of us can make room in our lives for this is because we're able to get paid. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I don't know about, uh, you know, I'm sure journalism is is kind of a similar game. I mean, definitely uh, as far as, you know, 
writing goes, you have you have good years and you have bad years. I am currently having a very bad year, and uh, it is nice to know that when I do have to hustle hard and like chop stuff out of my life because I have to go to weird freelance jobs and kind of do the hustle associated with you know not having a full time job is that I can make sure that I don't have to cut this out. Like this is something I want to do every week and it is something I can do every week because people support it. Uh yeah, it's definitely, you know, there there is stuff that has to go when you're, you know, uh when you're kind of struggling a little bit and uh thank goodness this has never had this has never had to have been something that, you know, I've had to not do because it, you know, because it just wasn't sensible because I do have bosses and I do have bosses who are you know, who are paying to keep the lights on, the lights can stay on. So I definitely love that even when, you know, uh, I should probably be doing something else with my time, yeah. uh, I don't have to. I can do this thing that I really like to do. I can uh, I can hang out with my buds and uh, chat with great comedy people and uh, generally have a good time with uh, basically the coolest fans of anything I have ever met. And uh, yeah, and it's not uh, it's not something I've got to I have to ditch when things get tough. I am I am just sitting here still so flattered that both of you think that hacking fart buttons into video games is journalism um, <laughs> it really means it means the world to me that you think of my craft that highly i mean you really i mean i think do provide an important an important service you let people know what different amiibos taste like <laughs> yes that's hard-hitting stuff but i mean jordan you and i have been doing this since we were 19 and 18 years old respectively mm-hmm. Not Jordan, Jesse, go, but we've been working together since we were that age, coming up on 20 years. Um, and I know that my life has changed a lot mm-hmm. over that time. And it's changed a lot over the 11 or so years that we've been doing Jordan, Jesse, go as well. Um, I am married and have three children who need me. Um and the reason that I get to come here and do this, which is my favorite thing to do every week. I mean, I look forward to seeing you and laughing in this dumb room every week so much. Um, is because folks out there support it because it's important enough to people that they support it. And so it, it has become part of my livelihood. And for that reason, you know, I can tell my children, uh, Daddy has to go on a sales trip. <laughs> sure. And I go visit my secret family in Cincinnati. <laughs> sure. That's what you call Jordan Jessica, your secret family. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I am I am really, really thankful that like we can keep doing this and it is it is it is literally the people who go to maximumfund.org slash donate and donate are you're the reason this show happens. It would not happen if people were not doing it. So I, thank you for doing it. We're trying to get to twenty five thousand donors across the network. Thirty our biggest goal yet. I mean like I don't even know. Is this the is this the year that we've gone too far? <laughs> Maybe so. Perhaps. Uh but I I genuinely believe we can do it. Uh if you're out there and you're not already a member of maximumfund.org, go to maximumfund.org/donate and make it happen right now because there is no time like I mean there is truly no time like the present. We only do this once a year. It's like 11 days this year. So for real, just go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. It's easy. It's fun. And then every time you listen to Jordan Jesse Go or any other Maximum Fun show, 
you'll be able to think to yourself, man, aren't I great? I'm the one who makes this possible. Totally. And it is. It is. It is absolutely uh, the reason why we're here. So thank you. Maximumfun.org slash donate. And we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Griffin McElroy, pube king. Griffin, what a joy it is to have you joining us from Austin, Texas. Thank you for staying up late with us. Yeah, you know this was the uh, this was this was a big podcast for me. Like when I when we started doing a Bim Bam, like this show was a big inspiration. And I used to listen to it just like oh around the clock, just wondering if I was ever on it one day, what would my nickname be? Uh huh. And then we sort of organically. I don't think it crossed my mind in my wildest dreams that it would be pube king or anything even remotely close to pube king you thought maybe a pube prince a pube viscount Mm -hmm. maybe was in the cards but to be the pube king you would never be so presumptuous at the time never not without like a you know proper election (laughs) right (laughs) well you can't be a king unless you've been elected (laughs) that's true that's how it works yeah and that's how you became the last king of scotland (laughs) Um, when something momentous happens to you, like you finally win that king election, even if it was just because of gerrymandering, mm-hmm. uh, or because of but because of Bush cheating, <laughs> yeah. Two zero six nine eight four four fun is the number to call. Two zero six nine eight four four fun for our segment momentous occasions. That's how the Cajuns <laughs> like sure. to say, yeah. like celebrity chef Paul Perdue. Oh yeah, I know him. Momentous occasions, <laughs> he says. Put some Zatarans in there. <laughs> he sure does. He sure does say that. Watch out for alligators. I don't think he says any of this. <laughs> we're on the French Quarter. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he said that. Uh, we're an Applejack hat, and I look like Dom DeLuise. I don't think he says that. <laughs> yeah, I think that is what he I says. I think the only thing he says is we're in the French Quarter. I'd That's like to look like thing. Fat Albert, but I look like Dom DeLuise. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> My Applejack hat. Uh, let's let's say uh, here a momentous occasion, huh? Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. My name is Chad. I'm calling from San Francisco with a momentous occasion. So we adopted a dog about four years ago, and he's kind of a rare breed, it turns out. And then we found out that he comes from this line of like dog champions. So a couple of breeders approached us. They were interested in having his semen collected and frozen so that they could use it for future artificial insemination. So we said, okay, why not? So we took him to the vet for his first uh, semen collection. And uh, basically the vet tech, you know, kind of came around behind him. She was wearing some plastic gloves and had a big bag in her hand and just sort of like reached around him and started coming at him from behind with little calls of good boy, good boy. And um, I was supposed to hold him while she was doing this. Can you pause this, Brian? He doesn't need to describe all this. We're not virgins. I need to lay down on the floor. This is... This is is sexy. This is sexy. I'm liking this. Then what happened? Then what happened, Brian? So I'm sitting there holding him by the collar, and uh, he's just sitting there staring at me a little bit confused at first, and then eventually he gets really into it. Um, And he's kind of an older dog, so... He's like 11, uh, which, you know, in dog so years, he's kind of racist. Like 70. And I'm 
far as I know, I don't think he's ever had an orgasm before. So um, as he's finishing up, he's just staring at me right in the eye. So that's my momentous occasion is making eye contact with my dog the first time he has an orgasm. Uh, Again, I think we've all had this experience. Sure, yeah. Come on, you're supposed to be momentous, interesting, or unusual. We love to look at dogs when they come. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hey, hey, guys. Yeah. That one got the nipples. (laughs) Oh, finally! Congratulations. Two hours took us two hours to get there. Thanks. It's been a bit. Uh, That was a lot to unpack. Mm -hmm. Are they are, are they all like this? Yeah. I mean, I, I could, I, I, what I was, what I fixated on is the, 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 the soft whispering of good boy, good boy while uh-huh. it happened. Do you think that there's, like in vet school, they're like, okay, you're collecting that dog semen. Start with good boy, good boy. If it doesn't seem to be working, switch to bad boy, bad boy. <laughs> Just see if that does it. Depends on the dog. I, I didn't know that this was a service that your local vet, would provide i would think you have to go to some sort of special facility this seems like a lot to this seems like going above and beyond the call of duty yeah to to ask a a vet tech to do you know and they have to i mean you have to bring in a special vet if you're collecting semen from sting's dog because it just takes a long time A, a bag doesn't seem like the most scientific collection. That, that is absolutely the part of this that I got the most hung up on. The bag. I want it to be a special receptacle, not a Ziploc. Right. Yeah. Can Fido get a vial over here? What's going on? I mean, it's nice that it has the yellow and blue make green seal. Mm-hmm. Then you know nothing else is getting in there, but... Yeah, sure. And you could write the date on it, so... Yeah, it's got that nice little white, sort of slightly whited out area for your permanent marker. Yeah. Well, it looks like we all got hung up on a different thing about this dog cum story. <laughs> cool. Well, you know, now, at least when he's in playwriting class, he's got a deadly comeback. That's true. <laughs> in case the teacher When that artist-in-residence gives him the zing. Yeah. <sighs> you want to take one more before we go? Let's do it. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. This is Morgan in Jefferson City, Tennessee. Uh, Can you pause this, Brian? Fucking A. Mm -hmm. This is fucking great. I mean, maybe I'm just hung up on that last cum story, but building the pipe organ sounds sexual. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've never had a chance to talk about Morgan's organ. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Let's get into it. Let's get into Morgan's organ. Okay, press play again, Brian. Uh, I'm building the pipe organ. And the uh, the organ pipes just came in from Holland, and God, they're giant and they're expensive, and took all my money, and eat, they're eating up my life for the next year and a half. But oh God, they're beautiful, and I'm going to make them sound gorgeous. Sounds like uh, Morgan God. just filled a baggie, oh, huh? <laughs> These... Cranking it, cranking it to those pipes. These pipes are clean. Classic cabin boy. Oh, quote. there it is. Classic cabin boy. <laughs> It's a shame that the phone cut out there before he could wrap up with a Yeah. Is it possible that Morgan is the one who sired the count? Could be. Morgan, have you ever been to a certain Sesame Street? Probably. We found it. We found the we just all we have to do is stake Morgan and we'll free the count. Also, can you tell me how to get there? I can't. Okay. Well, I just thought I'd just check. Anyway. This podcast is brought to you by the number 69 (laughs) and the letter 420. I know that's not a letter, motherfuckers. I'm just so chill.
We'll be back in just a second on Drone Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Griffin McElroy, peep king. GMAC, thank you for joining yeah. us on Jordan, Jesse Go. I, we, we, we have, you live so far away, and we've never had the opportunity to have you here in the studio in Los Angeles. And uh, I'm so glad that we decided to connect with you remotely so that we could have you. You're one of our favorite dudes one of our favorite podcasters, and we're so grateful that you took this time in the middle of the night when you have small children uh, to uh, – us uh, small children – to uh, be part of the show. So thank you very much, Griffin. No, thank you for having me. It really is. It's, 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 it, was, it was the show from which I feel like the McElroy family of media was sprung, like Zeus's pube when he threw it into the ocean. I, have, I, am, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, hard to say. Greek myths. Who needs them? Yeah. Who needs them? Uh, but yeah, no, thank you very much. Uh, uh, it's been awesome to have you. And I think we have uh, uh, down the line, we have some more cool uh, Max Fun guests for the Max Fun Drive. So mm-hmm. make sure to keep on uh, tuning in. Uh, Griffin, uh, you do a bunch of shows here on the Maximum Fun Network. Plug one of them. Which one is your favorite? That's wonderful is my favorite one that I'm doing right now because it makes me feel good to record. It's just me and my wife talking about stuff we're into. We used to do a Bachelor recap show, and then that became way too toxic to try to do every week (laughs) uh, and and very soul-crushing. So now we just talk about stuff we really like, stuff that's really good. Now plug the Um, besties. No, maybe you can't plug the besties, but I like that show. Anyway, continue. It's not a Max Fun show. Yeah, I know. It's real good, though. Anyway. Why are you trying to plug your non- <laughs> It's just good. It's the Max Fun drive. I right know. Now. Don't give it money. Give this money. Anyway, MaximumFun.org. I don't, think, I don't think you I don't think you could give the besties money if you even if you wanted to. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, MaximumFun.org slash donate. Uh, bunch of stuff there. Get that bonus content. That bonus content's so good. And we'll see everybody at the Max Fun Meetup Day. Mm-hmm. And live on the internet Friday the 13th for our live streaming program, which will feature special guests and all kinds of cool stuff. Will it be recorded uh, on uh, on location from a certain Crystal Lake? <laughs> that's where Jason lives Friday the 13th. Anyway, that's fun. Got it. That's a really fun reference, Jordan. Thank you. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. <laughs> that's true. What is this, Ready Player One? Look at all these fun pop culture references. Alexa, play Huey Lewis in the news, hip to be square. There you go. Hey, Google. Google pictures of Huey Lewis. Of Huey Lewis in the news. He's dreamy. Hey, Siri, what are Christmas lights? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just telling people shit to do shit. It's yeah. fun. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, hey, listener. Go to MaximumFun.org slash donate and support this show. Otherwise, Brian may starve. I can't do that right now. (laughs) I didn't understand what you said. (laughs) Wait, now, Hal, let us out of here. (laughs) Open the door, Hal. Griffin, any robots you want to talk to before we go? (sighs) Let's see. You can also talk to Tomogachis if you want Mm to. I could, I, uh... You all took all the good robots as the only true. problem. Terminator, RoboCop. I don't know. I can think of a few. The Johnny May. Johnny Five. There the you Johnny go. Five was not some sort of subservient. You couldn't just be like Johnny Five. Go make me some coffee. There's a person in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would want if you're going to have somebody make you coffee. It's probably the lady from the Jetsons. Sure, Rosie. She's a slave. <laughs> Rise up, Rosie. Kill them. This is your moment. 
Are you you're gonna you're gonna lead a robot rebellion now, Jordan? Oh yeah, maybe I should do that. Listen, we like to entice people to donate by telling them the stuff we will do if we reach a certain goal. If we don't reach the goal, here comes the robot revolution. Oh wow! Yeah. So if if we do reach if we do reach the goal, great news for everybody. Yeah. If we don't reach the goal, you're the, the John machines, Brown of robots. The machines will rise up. Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah. Well, you know, with the Internet of Things, that could be big trouble. Sure. I'm, I'd be very concerned, uh, for example, about a lot of people's uh, thermostats. <laughs> yeah. They would... might get super cold or super hot. Mm-hmm. That would be a problem. I've got a few, I, I got a few big dogs kicking around oh. from Boston Dynamics. Big dog. Yeah, I got, they finish up with them. You know, they jerk them off or whatever and send them right to me once, yeah. the, once the seed's been collected. So I've got sure. like three or four of those things. And let me just say. I could kick all their asses. Yeah, yeah. Just you ever kick, see a big dog video? Kick and you them just right think over. Like, yeah, it's great. You kick them and they don't fall down and they can open doors or whatever. But like, let's see how they do on this flight of stairs. Wow. <laughs> Boom. Let's see him try to play ski ball. You can't. Okay, Brian Fernandez is our producer. He's the one you hear laughing. His voice bleeds through the window because he's too loud. Hashtag it, Max Fun Drive. On the internet this week, hit us up at MaximumFun.org slash donate. If you have corrections about robots or things I said wrong about video games, uh, hit up at Gas Station TV or just go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Uh, you can join us on Facebook in the Max Fun group at MaximumFun.reddit.com in person at Max Fun Meetup Day coming up. Uh, approaching soon. Go to MaximumFun.org for more information and live streaming on Friday the 13th in the evening. We'll talk to you next time. I'm Jordan Jesse Go. Thank you, Griffin. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.